0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Turn to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG-13. Football's right around the corner. Get in on all the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. And for for week one, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at a $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at a $1 million top prize. Prize. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. And get a free shot at a million-top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 and $1 required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome to New York. Oh. Oh. This This is is the Devils State of of Mind Mind podcast, Podcast. brought to you you by the the Hockey hockey Podcast podcast Network. Now here's here's your your host, host, Neil Neil Villapiano. Woo! What is happening, Devils fans? Is once again your host, Neil Villapiano, and a welcome to another exciting edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place as always to get the most up-to-date news, topics, discussions, and so much more about your New Jersey Devils. This episode, like all of them, are sponsored by the wonderful people at DraftKings sports book. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this episode. As always, thank you guys so much for taking some time out of your day to check these episodes out. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be continuing on with our top five best devils by position. So if you remember about, it was about a week and change ago or nearly two weeks ago, I did the top five best Devils left wingers of all time. And obviously I've been able to get, you know, some other content, some great interviews over the last couple of weeks. And if you haven't checked those episodes out, please go back and check all of them. I really would appreciate it if you did that. Um, but now I have the opportunity to continue on with our top five list. And today we are going to be discussing the top five best Devils centermen of all time. and. I told you guys when I was doing the list for the left-wingers that it was pretty tough. To be honest with you, the centerman was even tougher. Um, There's some guys on this list, especially in top five, that I think most people would say, yeah, that makes sense. And there might be some disagreements as well. I also added a couple of honorable mentions like I always do. And I think number one might surprise some people. Some people might not agree, but you know what? As I always say, this podcast is for the fans by, by a fan, and I always want you guys to discuss. So when you guys listen to this episode, and if you want to, you know, say what you want to say, you can obviously hit me up on Twitter at Devil State and also on Instagram at Devil State of Mind, and we can have a discussion from there, and you guys can, you know, say, you know, your piece and give your opinion. You are 100% free to do so with us. So we have a bunch to talk about here on this episode. So let's not waste any more time and drop the puck. So let's start with number five. So we're going to go from five to one, just like the last top five list we did. And once we get to two, then I will do the honorable mentions really quick. I'll also do some recaps as we go along here to kind of keep you guys um, up to date as you continue listening on to this episode. So let's start with number five five peter sakura now some devils fans may say that this is too low of a ranking that some people would argue that he should be higher up on this list but i will explain in a little bit as to why i have him met number five and also once you guys hear the rest of the names it might make a little bit more sense as to why i have him met number five but to give you kind of a recap of peter sakura's time the majority in the NHL, but particularly with the Devils, because that's what you guys are here to listen to. He was drafted 18th overall in the 1995 NHL entry draft by the New Jersey Devils. He played his first seven seasons in the league with the Devils and was part of the infamous Jason Arnott, Patrick Elias line known effectively as the Arnott line. It was obviously the big line that the Devils had when they made the run to winning the 2000 Stanley Cup. Championship. Now, the thing that's so significant about Peter Sikora, particularly with that 2000 Stanley Cup finals, is that in game six of the finals in Dallas, uh, I believe in the, I want to say it was either at the end of the first period or in the second period, um, Darian Hatcher, the captain of the time of the Dallas Stars, laid a big time hit on Peter Sikora right at the blue line and basically knocked him out. Uh, He was carried off on a stretcher and was sent to the hospital for a concussion. I believe that was what ended up being the case. And so he obviously could not play the rest of the game and the rest of that series. And as most of you know, the Devils would go on to win the Stanley Cup that night in Game 6, game-winning goal by Jason Arnott, and the Devils won their second Stanley Cup in franchise history. But for Peter Sikora, he never got the opportunity to skate around with the cup, you know, obviously as tradition, you know, when you win the cup, you, you have your skate around with the cup and everything like that. And Peter Sikora never got that opportunity, um, you know, during and obviously after that, but you go to 2019, about a month or so before the pandemic actually struck and the devils were honoring their 2000 um, team. Well, basically you go to 2019, 2020 season uh, to be exact. And, they were honoring the 2000 team and the best moment of that, especially if you guys remember it, or if you were there by any chance, uh, if you remember Peter Sakura finally got the opportunity to do his skate around with the cup and he did it in front of the devil's fans, which was phenomenal. And I'm so glad that the devils uh, allowed him to do that. Cause I think he earned it and he deserved it. And like I said, it was unfortunate that he got hurt, and he was he had to go to the hospital because of that situation. But nonetheless, he was able to do to get the opportunity to do that, and he was part of you know a really really effective line. I mean, it wasn't just in the regular season, but it's particularly when you got to the postseason, they were the best line the Devils had of the four that they had. They were always out there in the clutch situations, and all three of them had a nose for the goal and were clutch. They had the clutch gene. 100%. They knew exactly what they needed to do every time they went out there. And they did a pretty good job also of being a pretty solid shutdown line when they had to go up against the likes of Darian Hatcher, Mike Madonna, uh Brett Hall, you know, guys like that. They really had to go out there and, and make plays. And they did that. And as a result, they were able to help the Devils win the Stanley Cup that year and the second in franchise history. Now, fast forward to the summer of 2002, I think it was like 2002, 2003. Um, and the Devils, either at the tr- at the draft or right after that, made a blockbuster deal with the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, in which the Devils traded Peter Sakura and like two other players to Anaheim in exchange for Jeff Friesen and Oleg Tevridovsky. Now, if you remember from the Top 5 Left Wingers uh, episode that I did a couple weeks ago, I talked about this before. And obviously, Jeff Friesen making the impact that he made in his short time in New Jersey. And also, Terodotsky did a very solid job of being a really good two-way defenseman, particularly on the power play. Very, very effective at the top of the point. Both of those guys contributed to the Devils getting back to the Stanley Cup finals in 2003, where they would face Peter Sikora and the Anaheim Mighty Ducks in that final, in which that was one of the most probably one of the most entertaining finals we've had in the last 20, you know, 25 years, 25, 30 years, basically. Um, you know, you had obviously the, the hands-on favorite, the, the Devils against the Cinderella Mighty Ducks, and that series went the full seven games, but the Devils were able to win game seven at home and win the Stanley Cup for the third time in franchise history, and that was an absolutely phenomenal thing. Obviously, for Peter Sakura, I'm sure it was a frustrating and Obviously sad um, situation for him, but the Devils were able to win that Stanley Cup and Jeff Friesen and Oleg Trudovsky were able to help the Devils win said Stanley Cup. So really, in a way, you could say the Devils benefited 100% from making that deal, even if some people didn't agree 100% with doing it. and obviously, I think it worked out for Anaheim as well because Sakura was a big time player. he was a big leader on that team and he was able to make major contributions to helping Anaheim establish itself in the league and also you know have that major run to the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, you know, basically Sakura would continue to play on in the league. Uh, I remember he was on the 07-08 Pittsburgh Penguins team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals and I remember he scored the game winning goal in game game five, uh, where he infamously said to Pierre Maguire that he was going to go and score the game-winning goal. He basically called his shot and he delivered. And that's, again, shows you the type of clutch player that Peter Sakura was in his career. And a lot of you probably remember this, but in 2011, 2012, Peter Sakura signed uh, with the Devils. He had been out of the league for about a year. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily an injury or not, but he, he signed and he was kind of like an under the radar type of move i don't think anybody really thought much of it except for you know nostalgic reasons that it was nice to nice for him to come back but he was really really good with the devils in that one year he was back in new jersey in the 2011 2012 season scoring 21 goals adding 23 assists for an impressive 44 points at the age of 35 and he was again one of the more underrated signings that the devils made that year one of the one of the more underrated additions to that team as he helped the Devils reach the Stanley Cup finals where they would ultimately lose in six games to the Los Angeles Kings. And I believe uh, Sakura played one more year after that and then retired. And in his time in New Jersey, including 2011-2012, Sakura finished playing in 527 games, scoring 166 goals, 228 assists, for a total of 394 points, so he was six points shy of scoring 400 career points in New Jersey. And again, that's just with the Devils. That's not his full um, his full resume, so to speak. Uh, some people, have, I'm sure, have talked about it one way or another. Does Peter is Peter Sakura a Stanley a um, an NHL Hall of Famer? It, it's tough to say. It really is. Um, maybe if he had won another Stanley Cup or two, uh, I think. And especially when you look at the points, even just with New Jersey, uh, it certainly looks that way. Maybe if he had won the Stanley Cup in 2011, 2012, it might have helped him. I'm not really sure. Uh, He could be somebody that, you know, down the road when some other guys get in, that maybe he's one of those, you know, later veterans that finally gets an opportunity and gets elected in. Sometimes it happens that way. Sometimes it takes a long time for a guy to actually be inducted in. Um, I think it could go either way. That's the way I look at it. I'm not going to say here absolutely 100% or anything like that. I'm just saying I think it could honestly go either way. Um, but Peter Sikora had a very, very successful career, particularly in New Jersey. And for that reason, he is number five on my list. But now we go to number four on my list of the top five uh, best Devils centermen of all time. And it's another player, another centerman that uh, was part of that 2000 team. And that is Jason Arnett. Now, some of you might be confused and say, well, Neil, why is Sakura on the list and also Arna? Wasn't Sakura a winger? Well, the thing about it is that Sakura could play both left wing and center. So when I was doing this list, I wasn't necessarily looking for a guy that was like legitimately just a centerman. I was also looking to see if there were some guys that were centermen and also left wingers. Um, so that's another reason why I put Sakura on this list. But I put Jason Arda at number four. And let's kind of go through you know, his time, obviously, in New Jersey and, and everything that he was able to contribute to with the Devils. First of all, Jason Arnott was drafted seventh overall in the 1993 NHL draft by the Edmonton Oilers. And he stayed there until January 4th of 1998 when he was traded by the Oilers with Brian Muir to the Devils in exchange for Billy Garrett and Valerie Zelopukin. Now, for some of you younger Devils fans, uh, Valerie Zelopukin should more or less uh, be some name that you probably should know. Uh, Just a little fun fact, he scored the game-tying goal in Game 7 of the 1994 Eastern Conference Finals against the New York Rangers. Uh, That was obviously a goal that looked like was going to help propel the Devils to winning game seven and winning the whole series and going to the cup final in 94, but that ended up not being the case. So Billy Garrett uh, was a key contributor to the 1995 Stanley cup team. And he is now the general manager of the Minnesota wild. So there's some fun facts there for you, younger Devils fans that you may not have known, but Arnett came in the middle of the 1997 98 season And he stayed there for a couple of years. And obviously, just like with uh, Sakura, you know, along with him and Patrick Elias, Jason Arnott, and they were able to create the infamous Arnott line. But the biggest thing for Jason Arnott in his career, he will always be remembered for this 100%. He scored the game-winning goal in overtime of Game 6 of the 2000 Stanley Cup Finals to win the Stanley Cup for the New Jersey Devils. And a lot of people remember that play. I mean, they were in double overtime and, you know, Patrick Elias goes to the corner and without hesitation, a backhand pass right in front. And Arna is in the right place at the right time, getting a nice one-timer tap in, beats Ed Balfour and scores that game-winning goal. And that was an absolutely phenomenal moment in devil's history and something that Jason Arnott will always be remembered for and being probably the biggest of the three, you know, um, contributors of that Arnott line. Cause that line doesn't exist without, without Jason Arnott 100%. And again, even though Jason Arnott wasn't here that long, he was here for about four seasons or so him being able to score that game a goal, be as successful as he was particularly on that Arnott line, just, just, shows you that he was a you know a major major centerman and major player in Devils history and something that he'll be remembered for forever. Um the Devils ended up trading um, trading Arnott when they first round draft pick uh, in 2002 which was later traded to Columbus and then later traded the Buffalo with Buffalo selecting Daniel Paice and Randy McKay to the Dallas Stars for Jamie Langenbrunner and Joe Nieuwendyk. So again Just like with Peter Sakura, Jason Arnott was part of a blockbuster deal. And obviously, you know, Randy McKay being a fan favorite, a guy who helped the Devils win both the 95 and 2000 Stanley Cups, it was obviously tough to see both of them go. But Jamie Langenbrenner at this time was one of the top wingers in the league, a guy that was super, super impressive, particularly when scoring goals. And Joe Neuendijk was on his way to being a, a Hall of Famer and obviously bringing more talent to this team. And the Devils ended up having both of those guys become major contributors to the 2003 Stanley Cup team. So, again, very similar to Sakura, this trade worked out in the Devils' favor, leading them to winning another Stanley Cup. So that's kind of the thing you're seeing here. So, would some people say that should Arnott be higher on the list? I mean, you can make an argument. Again, because of the fact that he was only part of one of the three Stanley Cup teams – um kind of makes it a little bit more difficult but obviously he is going to be more well known for that that goal in game 6 in 2000 uh prior to the 2010-11 season uh Arnett was traded by the Nashville Predators who he had signed with a couple years prior to back to the Devils for a second round draft pick in 2011 which became Magnus Helberg um and he played there until February of 2011, so he didn't even play a full season in Jersey. He was traded from the Devils to the Washington Capitals for a second-round pick, at David Steckel. And then um, I believe he played one more year. I believe he retired in 2012. And in his time, in his entire career with the New Jersey Devils, Jason Arnott played in 364 games, scoring 110 goals, 135 assists for 245 points in Total. So again, another guy that was part of that infamous line in 2000 that obviously has that indelible moment that will always be remembered in devil's history. And again, could he be, would he be higher on the list if he was part of another Stanley Cup championship team? I 100%. And I'm not saying that I fully went off of that. I'm just saying when you look at some of the other guys that I'll mention, you'll see again why I have some of these guys higher in the list than these two guys. But Jason Arnett is number four on my list of the top five best devil centers of all time. But now we shift to, we're into the top three and we'll start with number three. And that is the legendary number 23, Scott Gomez. So, I have some fun. I have like a funny story to tell you uh, that involves Scott Gomez. And, it'll, and I'll explain it to you when we get a little further down um, in talking about him and his time in New Jersey. But we start with Scott Gomez being drafted 27th overall in the 1998 NHL entry draft by the New Jersey Devils. Uh, won the 1999-2000 Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year and was part of not only the 2000 Stanley Cup team, but he was also part of the 2003 Stanley cup team. And he really just came out of absolute nowhere and lit it up right away. When he came to the NHL, he ended up playing his first seven seasons in the league with the New Jersey devils. And then made the very controversial decision to sign as a free agent with the rival New York Rangers in the summer of 2007. And I was about nine years old when this happened, or I was about to be, I think it was just after my 10th birthday. Um, And my parents got me my first Devils jersey ever, which was Scott Gomez. And literally the next day, Scott Gomez signed with the New York Rangers. So it was kind of a very sad, uh, disappointing situation and I remember how sad I was. I even remember the fact that I cried about it because I was sad. Because Scott Gomez at that time was was my guy. Um even being somebody who eventually played hockey and was a goalie and idolized, you know, Martin Bernard, the first devil player that I ever became a major fan of was Scott Gomez. And it was obviously tough to see him leave and not only leave, but go across the Hudson River and play for the New York Rangers. And it was something that a lot of Devils fans really uh even to this day, Um, don't like talking about and really haven't forgiven Scott Gomez for doing so. Now, Scott Gomez continued to play in the league and started to become more of a journeyman once he got to about 2010-11. And he actually came back to the Devils in 2014 as as a free agent. He ended up playing only one year with them and retired in 2016. And in his time in New Jersey, he played in 606 games, scoring 123 goals, 361 assists, for 484 points. Now, the question is, when you get to this point, is that is Scott Gomez a Hall of Famer? The thing about it is that, yes, he's played in over a 1,000 games. He's scored well over 500 points. Uh, He does have a Calder Trophy to his name, and he's won two Stanley Cups. Um, There are two reasons, I think, why he's probably not in. Number one, I think when you look at it, as much as people don't want to admit it, Um, I think the fact that he lacks a lot of individual accolades is probably what's prevent him from being so. Um, And then when you look at also the fact that he played for the Devils, I know this sounds ridiculous because it sounds like I'm being very, very, you know, paranoid or whatever you want to say, conspiracy theorist, whatever. But I think it's just hard for a lot of hockey people to admit that the Devils at one point were the most dominant franchise Um, in the league and had a dominant stretch for a long time, a 15, 20 plus year uh, streak of, you know, just constantly making the playoffs, competing for Stanley cups, winning Stanley cups and having so many great players. And also there's the constant bias that, you know, anybody who played for the devils during that time was part of the system, the neutral zone track. But the thing is, is that, you know, Scott Gomez was a forward and he was tremendous scoring a lot of goals being a major, major player in, in multiple Stanley Cup championship teams. This was not because of the fact that he, well, it wasn't fully because of the fact that he played for the Devils. He was also just a very, very good player. Now, was he really good with anybody else? I mean, if you want to put in Montreal, I guess, um, but obviously the main bulk of his career and success came when he was with the New Jersey Devils. And I don't think anybody can argue that. Um, I think Scott Gomez I think if you were to look at him and then maybe you look at a guy like Peter Socorro, I would say that Gomez is pretty, is much closer to being that than Peter Socorro. because I mean, again, when you look at it from an individual standpoint, the only thing that Scott Gomez has is winning the rookie of the year in 1999, 2000. Um, if he had won, I don't know, uh, Maurice Rocket Richard trophy or, you know, a Selk trophy um, as well, I think that would help his case and maybe he would be in already, but Uh, this year actually marks, uh, five years, which usually players, uh, they need to wait five years before they're eligible. So technically speaking, this is the first year that, uh, Scott Gomez is eligible for the hockey hall of fame. I do believe that there will be some consideration. His name will come up and they will think about it. Do I think he's going to get in right away? Probably not. Um, because there's a guy by the name of Patrick Elias that, uh, I think needs to get in first. Um, but at the same time, it would be great to see him get in, uh, and, you know, just to have another devil's player co- get into the hall of fame would be phenomenal. Um, and again, I think just like Sikora, it could be 50, 50. We will we, we'll see. We'll see down the road what the hockey hall of fame decides to do, but in this list, um, you know, Scott Gomez is number three on my list of the top five best devils centers of all time. So to recap so far, With this top five list, at number five, we have Peter Sikora, at number four, Jason Arnett, and at number three, Scott Gomez. So now we go to number two on this list, and it's another player that was a major, major contributor to the 2000 and 2003 Stanley Cup teams. And that is arguably one of the best shorthanded players in NHL history, John Madden, not the NFL head coach. John Madden, number 11, who played for a considerable amount of time in New Jersey. And I think a lot of people would agree with me that he's going to be, you know, definitely high on this list. Because, again, what he was able to do, particularly shorthanded, was just phenomenal. You know, we talk about, especially us younger Devils fans, we talk about Blake Coleman and how well he did when it came to shorthanded opportunities. Well, we did have a guy like that before. Uh, John Madden was Blake Coleman before Blake Coleman. I mean, this this is what he was. He was a tremendous player, and you always felt confident, even if you had to go on the penalty kill, because you knew a guy like John Mann was going to be out there. And if if he was given even a small window to go make a play, he was going to do it. He wasn't just going to go dump the puck out of the zone and just continue to play defense. No, he was going to carry the puck into the zone, and he was going to take a shot on goal. And a lot of the time, he was able to score. And that was a big momentum shift. And it's something that I think a lot of teams need to look at and say, we need to have a guy or two like that on our team that we feel confident enough to put out there shorthanded that could still help us offensively and really put us in a good spot to really grab the momentum right back, even down, you know, even with the other team having a man advantage. But looking at John Madden, he has a pretty interesting career as well. He signed as an undrafted free agent in June of 1997, so pretty close to around the time that I was born. He, like I said before, became one of the best short-handed players in the game, sp- particularly when he was in the his career. Incredibly clutch. Always, you know, lived up to the expectations that were given to him. Always came through when the lights were brightest. He was always, always ready to go. Was part of the 2000 and 2003 Stanley Cup teams. And he actually won the Selkie Trophy as the best, you know, two-way centerman in the game in the 2000 and 2001 season. And... What's really remarkable is that John Madden was with the Devils for the first 10 years of his career. So he was here for a full decade in New Jersey. So I even, as somebody who, you know, as I got older, started to get into hockey more, was able to watch John Madden play. And I do have memories of him. He played the first 10 years of his career. Then he signed as a free agent with the Chicago Blackhawks in 2009 and was able to help the Blackhawks win their first Stanley Cup since 1961 in 2010, winning his third Stanley Cup. And he ended up retiring in 2012 when he was in Florida. um, And I believe he ended up becoming an assistant coach. I think he's still a coach somewhere. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, And in his time in New Jersey, from a stats perspective, John Madden played in 712 games, 140 goals, 157 assists for 297 points. So again, this is another person that you say, could you make the case for him to be a Hall of Famer? I think you could, considering the fact that he won three Stanley Cups and a Stanley Cup with two different teams. He did obviously win a Selkie Trophy, which is very, very important. Um, But the thing about it is that when you look at just his stats, because again, you do have to take into consideration that these guys have, you know, these writers who vote players into the hall of fame they look at they look at everything individual stats team success and obviously stats themselves you know accolades and things like that and you look at it and you say he wasn't the greatest point getter um but there are other qualities about him that i just mentioned that i think could make a really significant argument for him getting in. um But I think honestly, the way that I look at it, they probably won't, but you never know. Like I've said before, you never know when these guys just might decide to let somebody in. I mean, you you don't know. Uh, It might be a year where he's the best player that's still available to be inducted and they may just decide to let him in. Those things do happen at times, Um, but it's very tough for me because again, he obviously is one more Stanley Cups than the other guys that I mentioned before. Um, And he, again, also won two Stanley Cups in New Jersey. It's just from a stats perspective, it might be more difficult for him getting in. But nonetheless, John Madden was a phenomenal player in his time in New Jersey. One of the clutchest players I've ever seen play. A guy who was an absolute gamer. A a guy that just was phenomenal, particularly shorthanded. And always gave the Devils an advantage, even when they had a man down. And that shows you the type of player that he was. So John Madden is number two on my list of the top five best devil Centers of all time. Before we get to the number one uh, Devil's Centerman of all time on this list, I do want to mention four honorable mentions, um, you know, because I think it's fair. And I think some people might be miffed if I don't mention them. Uh, the first one is Bobby Holik. I mean, this is a guy that came from, you know, Czechoslovakia, and he obviously was a big-time gamer, a very physical player, helped the Devils win a Stanley Cup. And again, controversially, did go to the New York Rangers, but he still had a very successful career. And he's still beloved by many of the older Devils fans. And he'll always be remembered as a New Jersey Devil. And he loved his time in New Jersey and obviously was very thankful for the opportunity to play there. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he's definitely somebody that, you know, if we had a top 10 list, would certainly be on there. But he's an honorable mention here. Another guy is a Belarusian native, Danis Zubris, Uh, my guy, Jersey Joe's, probably one of his all-time favorite players uh, in general. Um, Zubris, I mean, again, he was a guy that had a very, very long career. And I do even remember that he was part of the 1997 uh, Philadelphia Flyers team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, that's how long he played, but he played the bulk of his career in New Jersey uh, and was always a really, really solid player. He never put up amazing stats, but one of the things that was great about him is that he was a physical player and he always came through when they needed him. Whenever you know the main guys of the team were not getting it done, he seemed to have a knack to getting the team going by by scoring a big-time goal or setting up somebody and he was really, really good, and obviously he was part of that 2011-2012 team. Made some contributions there, and he will always be another one of the many fan favorites that the Devils have in their history. Another guy that's on this list that is still playing in the league and was just traded from the Devils last year, Travis Zajac. Uh, some people might argue that he should be top five on here. Look, Travis Zajac, up until the trade deadline of last year, played his entire career in New Jersey, played over a thousand games with the New Jersey Devils, and obviously has some pretty uh, rememberable, you know, big time moments in his career. The, the two that stand out to me are obviously when he scored the game winning goal in game six of the Eastern Conference quarterfinals against the Florida Panthers that ultimately helped the Devils win that series and go on to the cup final. And he also, you know, scored a big time goal. He's scored a couple of big time goals in the, in the Eastern Conference finals that year against the New York Rangers. My biggest knock on him was that I felt like he never lived up to the contract he was given by Lou Lamoureux after the 2011-2012 season. Um, he, event, you know, he obviously, as he got older, became less and less of one of the main guys on the team and became more of a role player, a bottom six player, a veteran, and you know it, he never lived up, like I said, he never lived up to the hype that his contract gave him. When he was get when he was given that contract by Lou after the 2012 season, but he was still a tremendous player. He represented the Devils So well, um, again, playing over a thousand games in the NHL is a phenomenal achievement and a phenomenal achievement. Obviously playing over a thousand games with the devils is a great thing. Nonetheless, as well, obviously it was tough to see him get traded because him being in New Jersey this whole time, it was weird seeing him with any other team. Um, I think most likely he will be back on the Island this year. He probably already signed a contract and the Islanders continue to not tell anybody that they've done anything at this point. But Travis Zajac is somebody that if the devils ever, ever have a ring of honor, certainly should be up there. Is he somebody that his number should be retired? Uh Maybe, but I, I think that's a stretch. I think that's a pretty big stretch, but he was obviously going to, he's going to be remembered as an all-time devil. One of those guys that was fortunate to pretty much play his entire career in New Jersey. I mean, he's always going to be remembered as a New Jersey devil. So there's no question about that. Um, and I do hope to see him get an opportunity to compete for a Stanley cup. Uh, obviously, they got close last year, and we'll see how they do this year, particularly if he plays. But uh, he's somebody that's definitely an honorable mention on my list, without a doubt. And then another guy that I mention really quickly that was part of, you know, the Jason Arnott trade I told you guys a little while ago is Joe Newandike. Joe Newandike, you know, I put him on here because you know he was a Hall of Famer. He is a Hall of Famer, and he helped the Devils win a Stanley Cup in 2003. Now, some people might say, well, the Devils also had Dougie Gilmore. Yeah, but the Devils didn't go very far, you know, in the playoffs and everything when Dougie Gilmore was here. Dougie Gilmore was not was solid, not anything, not what he was when he was in Calgary and certainly not in his time mainly with the Toronto Maple Leafs. But, you know, he was a solid player. But Joe Neuendijk was part of a major, of a Stanley Cup team and helped the Devils and continued to add impressive things to his Hall of Fame resume. And the Devils needed a guy like him. And he was able to do things that really helped the team take another step to being a little bit more physical and going from there. And it was it was a really good move for the Devils. Once again, just like with the Secorra trade, it was good to make that trade, uh, to trade away Jason Arna to get a guy like you know Joe Neuendijk and also Jamie Langenbrenner as well. So I put Joe Neuendijk, even though it was a short time in New Jersey, but he did win a Stanley Cup with us, I put him as an honorable mention. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the number one player on this list of the top five best Devils centers of all time. And just before I announce that, I'm going to quickly do one more recap for you in case you haven't been listening. Number five, Peter Sikora. Number four, Jason Arnett. Number three, Scott Gomez. Number two, John Madden. And then we have four honorable mentions, Bobby Holik, Dinah Zubris, Travis Zajac, and Joe Newendyke. And now, the number one Devils centerman of all time, in my opinion, is number eighteen Sergey Breland. Now, some of you may understand why I put him here. Some of you may look at it, particularly if you're a younger, if you're part of the younger generation, you might say, "What? Why Sergey Breland? Or who is Sergey Breland?" Because some of you may not know who Sergey Breland is. Um, let me explain. Let me explain. First of all. Breeland was drafted in the second round, 42nd overall in 1992 by the New Jersey Devils. He's the only player on this list to be a part of not one, not two, but all three of the Devils Stanley Cup championship teams. Granted, he didn't play a whole lot in 1995, but he was a part of the team at the end of the year, and he also was a part of the team their entire run to the Stanley Cup to winning that Stanley Cup in 1995 and obviously got a couple points and a couple goals himself so he was able to you know be a part of it and you know help the team out in any way he can he played his entire 13 year career in New Jersey did not go anywhere else from the time he started to the time he retired he was a New Jersey Devil he retired in 2008 and interestingly enough he has actually been a coach an assistant coach whatever you want to say with the New Jersey Devils organization since he retired. And he's actually going to continue to be an assistant coach with the um, Utica Comets other, under Kevin Deneen moving forward. He had been an assistant coach uh, with the Binghamton Devils, and now he's going to continue being an assistant coach with New Jersey. He's been one of the longest-tenured people within the organization. Um, I mean, he's been here longer than anybody else. At this point, when it comes to player and coaching, I know Marty obviously played his entire career for the most part in New Jersey, but he did go to St. Louis for a little while, even in the front office. But Sergey Breland, even after he retired, remained a remained a, um, a noticeable person within the Devils organization. And I've argued before that he should have been at some point upgraded or promoted to an assistant coach in the NHL with the Devils Uh, did I ever think that he could be a head coach? I don't really know because I I haven't seen him as a head coach and I haven't heard a lot of people talk about him as a head coach. I'm not saying it doesn't mean that he's not a good head coach. He just doesn't really have any experience as a head coach, but, and we know how the devils have done recently when you hire a first time NHL head coach. Um, but that's besides the point, but Sergey brilliant, like I said, played his his entire career with the Devils. He is still within the Devils organization. Uh, In his entire career, he played in 765 games, scoring 129 goals, 179 assists for 308 points. Now, by no means do I think Sergey Breland is is a Hall of Famer. Uh, Because again, he had no really individual accolades. And when you really look at it from year to year, he never was a big time point getter. Uh, it wasn't until probably the fourth or fifth year in his career where he had a stretch of three or four years where he was scoring 20 plus goals a year and really, you know, being one of the main guys. But he was obviously a big factor in 1995, in 2000, and 2003. And he's the only guy on this list that has, that was on all three Stanley Cup teams. And in my opinion, and I did an episode about this way, way back at the beginning of my time here on hosting the Devil State of Mind podcast, where I talked about why Sergey Breland's number should be retired by the New Jersey Devils. And if that, and I know some people don't agree with that, but at least, can we can we at least say that if the Devils have a ring of honor, he should be honored in that way. I feel like at this point, we should be honoring Sergey Breland in one way or another. He's played his entire career in New Jersey, has been with the Devils organization since 2008 when he retired. He's been here. He's built his entire life around being in New Jersey. And he has seen so many players, so many coaches, several GMs come through this organization, several owners as well. And he's constantly been here. He's constantly been here. And he's a fan favorite to so many people. And to me, he should be honored in that way. You look at the guys whose numbers are retired by the Devils. You look at Ken Danico was part of all three Stanley Cup teams. Scott Stevens, same thing. Martin Breiters. Same thing. Patrick Elias, he was part of two Stanley Cup teams. And you look at Sergey Breland, and I feel like nobody talks about the fact that he was part of all three of those teams. He has three Stanley Cup rings. His name is on the Stanley Cup three different times. To me personally, just from the Devils' perspective, he should be honored as one of the old time Devils' great players. That's the way I look at it. I feel like that his numbers should be retired. I feel like we should have a day to honor Sergei Breland for all that he's done, not just as a player, but as a coach and just a guy being within the organization and constantly sticking with the Devils through the ups and a lot of the downs, particularly over the last decade or so. I really do believe that. And I would love to see it. So this is kind of uh, me trying to send a message to the Devils organization to say, look, I think it's time that we really honor a guy like Sergei Breland because I don't think we've ever given – um, Sergey Brillin, his due and his recognition for what he was able to do. And I understand that some people might disagree, but I firmly believe that Sergey Breland's number should be retired by the New Jersey Devils. And that's why also he is, in my opinion, the number one centerman in Devils history. And I'm just going off of everything that I just said. So that's the way I look at it. And if you agree, great. If you don't, it's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. And again, don't be afraid to message me on Twitter at Devil State and Instagram at Devil State of Mind. And, and you know, tell me, you know, explain to me why you agree or disagree. I would love to interact with you guys. I love interacting with you. Even if I don't agree, I still love to interact with you guys. It, it means a lot to me that you guys want to talk to me and have an opinion. That's the thing that I care about the most with this podcast. So, with that being said, that is my top five best devil centers of all time. One more time, let's go through the list. Number five. Peter Sikora, number four, Jason Arnott, number three, Scott Gomez, number two, John Madden, and the honorable mentions are Bobby Holik, Dina Zubris, Travis Zajac, and Joe Neuendijk. And the number one Devils centerman of all time, in my opinion, is number 18, three-time Stanley Cup champion and Devils lifer, Sergey Breland. Before I go, I wanted to make one special announcement. It's a personal announcement for me. And some of you guys probably already know by now because I shared it on my personal Twitter at T H E N V P S H O W. And also, I retweeted it on the Devil State of Mind Twitter page at Devil State and also on the Instagram page as well. I am very excited to announce that I have auditioned and I have submitted my audition to be the next New Jersey Devils public address announcer. Yes. A lot of people reached out to me when the Devils first announced this about a week and change ago and said, oh, Neil, you got to do this. This is right up your alley. You'd be perfect for it. Everything like that. And yes, I absolutely wanted to do it. It just took me some time to, to find time to do it and obviously to plan it out the way that I wanted. And I spent a considerable amount of time over this past weekend you know preparing myself and doing the recording and making sure that it, it went out very well um and in case you don't know how it works uh the the last day to submit uh, is actually the 31st of of august so if you guys are listening to this on monday you have until tomorrow to um submit if you also want to be a part of this and if i'm lucky I will be one of the 10 finalists. And once they announce the 10 finalists, then they're going to have fans vote for their top three favorites of those 10. So I'm gonna say this now, and I'll say it in the next episode, particularly if I am one of the 10 finalists. If I am one of the 10 finalists, I ask from the bottom of my heart to please vote for me as much as you can. And if you can only vote once, then send it to your friends, send it to your family and vote for me. I would greatly appreciate it. I don't normally do these things. I don't normally feel this comfortable um, talking about myself, but I would absolutely love it if you guys shared it as much as possible. You voted as much as you can to help me get an opportunity to be one of the three guys that gets an opportunity to audition in person at one of the Devils preseason games this year. I really, really would love it if you guys could do that for me. Um, And again, that's obviously if I end up being one of the 10 finalists. If I don't, just the fact that so many of you have reached out to me uh, over the last couple of days just to congratulate me and to give me credit and to show your support and your love and your confidence to me, just means the world to me. And I feel like I'm already a winner by just submitting and telling you guys about it. And you guys responding to it. Um, and the it, it, same thing goes for just all the support you guys give me here on Devil's State of Mind and everything. I am I would not be where I am right now without your guys' support um, and you guys caring so much about the things that I do. Um, and if I end up down the road becoming the next Devil's PA announcer, um, I will promise you guys that I will bring the energy, I will bring the enthusiasm every game, and I will constantly help this team take the next level and becoming a team that can eventually win a Stanley cup again and make the devils a marquee franchise again. That's what I can promise you guys. So again, yeah, I am one of the guys that submitted uh, an audition to be the devil's new public address announcer. And if I am one of the 10 finalists, which we will find out on September 1st. So on Wednesday of this upcoming week, uh, please, if you can, please vote for me. I would really appreciate it if you guys could help me get this opportunity because I'm not just representing myself, I'm representing all of you. I'm representing all the Devils fans and this would be an opportunity for all of us. So please do so. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it.